You're listening to The Birdbath, presented by The Fountain Report. I'm your host, Ryan Leach. Welcome back to The Birdbath. Each week, we scrape the surface of the news you need to know. So let's get into it. To start off this week, we've got two stories coming out about Amazon. The first one is a partnership with Petco. Amazon and Petco are testing stores as drop-off locations for Amazon returns. They already do this with some of the other retailers that they're partnered with, such as Whole Foods, Staples, Kohl's, and the UPS store. But this will be the first pet care provider as a return location for Amazon shoppers. Some of the retailers, such as Staples and Kohl's, have incentivized Amazon returns for customers by offering coupons and special savings that they can use when coming from the e-commerce store and doing physical in-person shopping. It would be neat to see if Petco takes advantage of this as a way to increase their footprint as they're always constantly battling against PetSmart for market share. Another expansion Amazon is reportedly considering is the expansion into veterinary telehealth. As everyone knows, Amazon's in a constant battle for supremacy against Walmart. And Walmart earlier this year introduced a partnership with Pop to all of its Walmart Plus subscribers. All of their subscribers are able to get free access to the veterinary telehealth providers membership for a year. And they have until November 19th to take advantage of that. Now, reports from inside Amazon are saying that They want to grow not just in their acquisition of one medical earlier this year when they moved into human healthcare, but now into veterinary healthcare with telehealth. Pop could be one of the potential partners because they've shown the ability to scale with large retailer, but there's a dozen or more telehealth providers in the space that could be fantastic partners for Amazon. I can imagine there's quite a few people that are chomping at the bit to earn Amazon's business at this, and we'll see in the coming weeks or months, perhaps, to see if it's done with an external partner, or if Amazon goes the route of what Chewy did, which is actually building out their own telemedicine platform within their business. So Amazon's already had a little bit of a mix of their healthcare-related businesses, and they haven't taken off on all fronts, but they spent a very fair amount of money earlier this year on a Super Bowl ad all around rescue dogs and how Amazon is the place to go for people that are looking to buy pet supplies. So Amazon taking on Walmart as well as Chewy and we'll see what they do to expand into telemedicine. The co-CEO of the Ackerman Group, Rich Lester, wrote a wonderful article and summary of what's happening in veterinary consolidation right now for the Fountain Report. The article hit on some really interesting pieces showing that in the past 15 months, the range of acquisition prices has come down to a more palatable 8 to 13 times EBITDA from the late 2021, early 2022 heights of 12 to 18 times EBITDA. The decline was driven by some rapid rises in interest rate that we all saw from near zero to the current five and a quarter percent or more. And even though the multiples on acquisition prices are lower, they're still above where they were in 2013 to 2017 when we saw consolidation really begin to kick off. Some of the estimates that the Ackerman Group made were that in 2023, they're estimating six to 700 clinics are going to be sold to consolidators. And that's the lowest number that they've seen since they're tracking all the way back in 2018. Despite these higher interest rates that we discussed, the recapitalization and IPO markets are showing some initial signs of life 
as the reality of higher interest rates not abating in the near future becomes a more accepted reality for those that were looking to sell in the past couple of years. A lot of different consolidators are remaining active, but they have slowed down. But the slowing of previous acquisitions is opening the door for new buyers to emerge. Different consolidators across the board have been looking to conserve cash as they haven't been able to recapitalize and bring a new private equity investment. But what that's doing is really bringing an opportunity for them to focus on improving the performance at their existing hospitals. The entire report and the wonderful article will be linked in the show notes here, and it's definitely something to look at and consider if you're at all thinking about where the trends in veterinary consolidation are going. The Leap Venture Academy is launching an upcoming fellowship for early stage pet care founders. This is happening overseas in France early next month. And in this event, they're partnering with Royal Cannon and hosting 13 innovative startups. The heart and the soul of this fellowship lies in the diversity and visionary founders behind each of the different 13 participating companies, and they come from six different countries. Brett Yates, CEO of Mickelson Found Animals and a major executive at Leap Venture Academy, was reported as having said, Having reached a significant milestone of five years at LEAP, we take immense pride in hosting our fifth academy program for early stage pet care founders. This week-long initiative reflects our unwavering commitment to extending essential resources, expansive networks, and invaluable mentorship opportunities to an ever-expanding global community of pet care entrepreneurs. As we broaden the horizons of the companies we support, We remain dedicated to deepening the impact of our services. I really enjoy seeing this because there are quite a few wonderful pet care companies that are working on breaking in across the entire global economy, and more specifically to those of us that are working here at the Birdbath, into the North American market. The fellowship offers a week of immersive programming that includes captivating speaker sessions, collaborative problem solving, and networking opportunities. Industry experts will guide founders through dynamic discussions, enabling them to gain insights and connections that will accelerate their businesses. As I looked through the list of the participants, I was really excited to see some of the names that popped up. Some of the companies that were unique and special in this that really stuck out to me were Innovative Pet Labs, which is an at-home gut test providing pet parents and vets scientifically-backed tools to detect potential causes of GI issues. And another one that seemed really interesting was Forever, which is an app to help navigate end-of-life pet journey. Um, I know both of those are, are important. One for the health of your pet while you can still enjoy the time together, and one to tackle an extremely difficult point of business. We'll be sure to link the 13 participant companies, and then we're going to follow up as well on who wins the $15,000 award at the end of their sessions. It's an award that's peer voted. So these 13 different founders are all going to come together and actually choose someone to get this additional boost of capital. The American Pet Products Association, the APPA, released their biennial survey. Their 2023 to 2024 National Pet Owner Survey reflected that 66% of U.S. households owned a pet in 2022, which equates to approximately 86.9 million households with a companion animal. These figures, though, actually were a decline from previous years at 70% of households, which reported in 2021 to 2022. 
Dogs, near and dear to my heart, remained the most populous pet in North America with nearly 20 million more households owning dogs than cats. Sorry, cat people. But cats were the second most frequently kept companion animals. And dogs and cats, despite always fighting, both exceeded other animals by a very, very wide margin. There was a decline in the number of pets in households, but spending was up. The report showed that pet owners in the United States spend $136.8 billion on their dogs, cats, birds, and other companion animals, and $58 billion of that was on pet food and treats, while $31.5 billion was on supplies, animals, and over-the-counter medication. Veterinary care and products reached another $35.9 billion, and the final $11.4 billion was made up of boarding, grooming, insurance, training, pet sitting, walking, and all other services outside of veterinary care. The APPA forecasts that pet expenditures will continue to rise up to $143.6 billion this year. During the past several years, U.S. residents' expenditures on pet products have grown in 2018 to 2022 by a staggering 66%. In 2018, it was $90.5 billion of pet U.S. pet owner expenditures up to the $136.8 billion that it is today. There's definitely a lot of funding and a lot of capital that's being spent, which is why we're seeing a lot of these larger companies like Amazon and others continue to push into the U.S. pet market. A smaller player that's making some great big waves, though, is PetsApp. PetsApp has achieved their Cyber Essentials Plus certification. Now, this wasn't something that I was aware of being a North American here in the U.S., but the Cyber Essentials program is a really unique one that's in the U.K. to work on increasing cybersecurity for apps and different software companies. The Cyber Essentials program has two levels, the Essentials and the Essentials Plus, and the Plus level requires that there be an independent audit and a higher commitment level to security. The co-founder and CEO, Will Monk, said, achieving the Cyber Essentials Plus certification is not just a validation of our commitment to cybersecurity, it's a promise to our customers that their trust is well-placed. This certification represents our dedication to ensuring a secure digital environment for all of our community. Cybersecurity definitely has been top of mind for a lot of people. Just last week, we covered the data breach at Henry Schein, and it's coming up on the one-year anniversary of a major cyber attack on United Veterinary Care. I'd love to hear from the listeners, though, what they're doing or what their requirements are of their providers on cybersecurity. Is there a certain certification that you're looking for? Is there a GDPR-type laws? Or are there other things that you're requesting or demanding from your service providers. Make sure to reach out to us at the Birdbath to let us know. To end on a high note this week, Paws Chicago has administered a breakthrough new treatment for Parvo. Since receiving the first dose of the treatment just a few weeks ago, Paws has used the new canine parovirus monoclonal antibody to save three lives in a fraction of the time of traditional treatments. Paw Chicago is the only city shelter that has received this landmark parvovirus treatment to date. The treatment was developed by Alonco Pharmaceuticals and is beginning to be shipped out to more providers across the country. The inaugural patient, though, at Paw Chicago was a three-month-old puppy who was just one hour away from being euthanized at the city pound. When he arrived at Paw's, 
They named him Mono as an homage to the monoclonal antibodies that he was receiving, and he was suffering so badly that he could barely move. After Paul's vets placed an IV catheter, Mono received the treatment as an injection directly into his veins. The Paul's Chicago medical team was astounded when he required a feeding tube for only a day and a half and bounced out of critical condition in just three days, quickly playing and running again. From what I've heard here and what I've read additionally, parvo dogs are critical usually for 7 to 14 days with traditional treatments. Now the incredible piece, not just on the saving of one life, is that this means that the PAWS Chicago medical staff and practices all over the world are able to then focus their attention and resources on helping and treating more patients. They had this just come up immediately after as they were able to to treat another parvo-positive puppy they rescued from euthanasia just six days later. The story ends on another fantastic note as Mono was recently given to a foster family and additionally and officially adopted when they placed their signature red bandana around his neck. We love hearing these kind of great stories, so if you have one that we need to share on the birdbath, send it in and we'll be sure to hit on it. For more on these and other stories, join us by subscribing to The Fountain Report. There's a link in the bio, and don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing and rating the show. For The Birdbath, I'm Ryan Leach. See you next week.